ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by the man who's had the worst hangovers of all time. It's Captain Tips. Constant hangover since 78. Follow me, bitches. That's right, but if you really want to talk about a good hangover, let's talk about last night's pay-per-view JWF hangover. We had some phenomenal matches that saw the uh, Rising Suns successfully defend their tag titles against the men known as the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys. Hell yeah, buddy! We saw our captain's champion, the Dillon, defend successfully against Gazi. But unfortunately, not every champion had a good night as your son, Chuck Tibbs, unfortunately lost his title in that epic fatal four-way match when Guy Fieri swooped in from out of nowhere, jacking the jaw of Momoa Curry and claiming the JWF championship, not only making him champion, but also ensuring that Momoa Curry, a man who we know Guy has history with, is never going to challenge for the JWF championship ever again. It's a hard pill to swallow, Sills. On the one hand, I had to watch my son lose his first world heavyweight championship goal. On the other, I had to watch one of my oldest friends lose his last opportunity to challenge for that same title. And it all just ended up because of Guy fucking Fietti. That is right. I know not everybody is a big fan of Guy Fieri, but what I am a fan of is our power rankings. Of course, after every pay-per-view, we like to come out, let the audience know where the tag teams are currently standing. And let's start with that tag division where, once again, our lowest two rankings, five and four, neither of these teams have been able to secure a victory yet. And, of course, that's the team of coach and friend, and Bananas in Pajamas. We, of course, know, though, Bananas in Pajamas does hold the cash-in-the-bag briefcase, earning them that number four spot and also giving them the opportunity to challenge for the tag titles whenever they want. And any time. Sills, that, of course, is a very important fact to know about Bananas in Pajamas, but I would also like to take this moment to say, on behalf of the entire JWF, I apologize for how terrible our tag division currently is, seeing as number four and number five in our power rankings have not won a match. That is right. Well, of course, we know there's only, what, one, two matches a week, five at the pay-per-view, sometimes seven. It's a little bit hard for these teams to climb that rankings. But one team that certainly has is number three, the VWO. One victory, one tie. Two, or I'm sorry, one victory, one loss, two ties in their time here, but let's not forget the VWO have also been working in the singles uh, competition as well. Griffin Clouds, one half of the VWO being part of that fatal four-way last night where numerous times we thought he was going to come out victorious. That's right, Sills, and we also have to remember the Hammerman FOMO-san, they have officially been adopted by the VWO. I guess Hammerman didn't really have to be adopted, but as our tag team champions... The Rising Suns are also part of the VWO in a way. That's right. And you got to imagine the war of that family if that team could ever make it up to the number one spot. But of course, sitting at number two, the War Wizards, the former JWF champions. We thought they were going to be number one contenders forever. 
But of course, last night, the War Wizard got into a bout against AJ Steele, the man with the body of steel. And I'll be honest, many of us thought it was going to be, the fans like to call it a squash. See the War Wizard just destroy this little puke, and yet AJ Steele managed to sneak out the victory. AJ Steele was able to tough out some of the worst that the War Wizard was able to throw out there, and he, he managed to impress with some very interesting moves of his own. I, I think that he finally started to show his own in the ring instead of talking a big game. Maybe he's finally ready to start acting it. That's right, them sitting there, three victories, two losses, and in our number one spot, number one in the rankings still, despite their loss at the pay-per-view, are the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys. Two victories, three losses, but also, you gotta remember, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, they have been resilient all year. In fact, started out the very first pay-per-view of this year, the Regal Rumble, saw the Southern Boys win the championships, and they were dominant all the way up to where their title reign ended at Palooza. Very true, Sills. They have not been able to get back the same momentum until very recently, the Southern Boys. But now that they're back on top of the power rankings, I don't see them going anywhere soon if that same attitude they've had all year continues on. And if they continue being controlled, being managed, being led by Spider Lockhart. That's right. Now our singles rankings is number five, a man who is now three and one in his best of seven series against Hollywood Hulcher, the man known as Danny Roanoke, a man who, let's be honest, all these matches, he has been using his wit, his cleverness. A lot of people think when it comes to a wrestling match, it's all about uh, physicality, who's the who can get the most physical moves in, but Danny has proven that intellect can sometimes succeed as he proved in that steel cage match last night when he threw Hollywood Hulcher through the wall of the cage itself and escaped through that wall. Like I said, many people think there's only two ways to escape the cage. Danny Roanoke proved there was a third. And he found another way out while honestly sills utterly humiliating Hollywood Hulcher in the process but Hulcher also found ways to, to act to his detriment let's say seeing as multiple times Hollywood Hulcher could have escaped from that cage he could have gone over the top but he did not he chose to attack Danny Roanoke he chose to put as much punishment on him he wanted to pin him in that steel cage match sills and it just didn't work out for him That's right, sitting at number four, a man who was not at the pay-per-view but has been absolutely dominant ever since arriving in the JWF back at Summerfest. That's the man known as Robert Hill. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. I've, I've heard from Robert backstage. He has said that he is furious that he was not included at the pay-per-view. Said that he he felt like he belonged there. Oh, boy. Well... That's not what I want to hear from a man of his stature. I better find something to give him. Because Robert Hill is not somebody you want to meet in a dark alley in the middle of the night, Sills. Let me tell you that much. Uh, We'll give him some more matches. We'll give him more of a chance to prove himself. And Sills, honestly, I think that he's going to be a pretty big player in the coming months. That's right, and number three in our power rankings is Griffin Clouds, a man who we've already discussed, a man who's shown dominance in the singles division, but he's going to have to prove himself tonight against number two in our power rankings, the former champion, your son, Chuck Tibbs. And of course, in our main event tonight, Griffin is going to be facing off against Chuck, 
to see who will become the new number one contender to Guy Fieri's JWF Championship. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. That's going to be a hell of a match whichever way that goes. Absolutely, Sills. Both Griffin and Chuck, they both have very, very different reasons, but very strong reasons to go after Guy Fieri for that championship. Chuck, of course, he wants to regain what he lost very recently. He wants to prove himself once again. Griffin Clouds wants to continue to show that he has been on a path to redeem himself over his his conducts in the, in the last few years and to show that he is ready for prime time. That's right. And finally, number one in our power rankings, our captain's champion himself, the man known as the Dylan Antip. I know you're looking at the rankings with me. Chuck Tips, three victories, three losses. He's wrestled six times. Griffin Clouds has wrestled four times. Bananas in pajamas, three times. The Dylan has wrestled 13 matches ever since JWF Monday Night Ignition began, and he has won every single match, including that epic clash against Ghazi last night at the pay-per-view. At this point, the Dylan is nigh unstoppable. Very true, Sills. Uh, even the second and third, Griffin and Chuck both have three wins under their belts, but they also have losses. The Dylan, no losses to speak of, 13 wins. He has been on a tear over the last few months, and he shows no sign of stopping. I don't even know what else there is to say. He's going to be number one for a long time coming. That is right, Tibbs. But for right now, I actually want to go backstage to one of the men we were discussing earlier. Hollywood Hulcher, the man who lost that steel cage match earlier tonight. That man who is basically in a do-or-die situation right now in his Best of Seven series. And I think Hollywood has some words for Danny Roanoke and some thoughts about his dangerous position in this match. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Dad the Dad McDonald backstage with the man who's now 1-3 in his best of seven series against Danny Roanoke, the man known as Hollywood Ultra. Now, Hollywood, last night, everyone was rooting for you. I mean, it seemed numerous times that you were close to escaping, close to climbing over the edge, but instead you opted for high-flying maneuvers, and many people are claiming that this is what led to your defeat. And I got to ask you, does this make you nervous now that you're one and three in this series? Well, yeah. Yeah, Don, it's, uh, well, I guess now it's do or die for old Hollywood, huh? There's no room for me to lose anywhere, anyway, at this point. Anytime over the next few weeks, if... Roanoke managed to sneak out a victory. It's all over for me. To be honest, it should never have gotten this far. I, I've been the one making rookie mistake after rookie mistake over the past few weeks. And I've been reviewing all the tapes and... Well, let's just call a stone a stone here. Danny Roanoke, he's been trying to teach me a few things with each match and I guess that's what he's done every match he's shown me a different way of solving problems with my moveset with different issues that I might have anything even the way I think in the ring 
In that tables match, he showed me not only to rely on my high-flying maneuvers when I could so easily get sent through a table like that. When we wrestled one-on-one, -on -one, he showed me to expect the unexpected when he caught me out of midair. And at JWF Hangover, he showed me that there's more than one way to get out of a steel cage. Oh, you see, as much as it pains me to say this, Danny Roanoke has really taught me to start thinking outside the box. To stop being so comfortable with all the moves that I had given, with the moves that I felt safe with. You see, if I'm going to end up defeating Danny Roanoke, I've realized I'm going to start thinking like Danny Roanoke. That means from now on, I'm going to be thinking outside the box. Well, Tibbs, a, a very humbling interview there from Hollywood Ultra. I mean, usually he likes to show up, dance, get the crowd excited. He's a, a very chill guy, but tonight he almost seems defeated before the tournament, before this best of seven series is even over. Sills, I, I can't blame him for feeling that way. Knowing that you've got such a, a road to climb, a, a mountain, if you will, actually. Knowing that you've got so much put in front of you that Danny Roanoke has done. Knowing that he is so far behind in this tournament. That has got to be defeating. That has got to feel real bad from where Hollywood's at. But Sills, maybe with this out-of-the-box approach he's taking... He started on the path to victory because whatever he's been doing so far, it's just not been working. That is right, Tibbs. And I almost saw a little bit of respect from Hollywood Halter towards Danny Roanoke. We know this started as a blood feud, but it almost seems like Hollywood is starting to get some respect for Danny. And I think it's going to be a lot of work, though, for Hollywood to actually get that respect back. What do you think? Absolutely, Sills. Even if... Uh... Holcher is able to pull this off. He's able to pull out the win of this best of seven series. That might only just be the start to get Roanoke's respect. Although I'm not sure why he's trying to seek it, but it seems like he is. That is right. But speaking of men who have got respect, let's talk about two men who have earned the respect of the entire JWF universe. And it is, of course, our tag team champions, FOMO-san and the Hammerman, the Rising Suns, a team that started out not unlike Hollywood Holter and Danny Roanoke. They were hated rivals, but one day earned some respect for one another and that respect led to them becoming JWF champions. You can see them coming out to the ring right now and with their belts around their waist and tips, they look absolutely happy to be here. 100% sales picture perfect. That is what I want to see. That is who I want to see carrying championship gold. That's right. And well, oh my god! From out of nowhere, Sam Adams, Houston Longhorn, the wild-eyed Southern boys, just coming from out of nowhere, beating the living hell out of the tag team champions. And, oh, God, Tibbs, look at this. Spider Lockhart, their, their manager, their, their associate, you could say, coming out with a bat and just, oh, bashing in the knees of the hammer man. And let me tell you something. That'll take out the speed of the, of the hammer man right there. Oh, you son of a bitch, Lockhart. That is right. This is an absolutely horrifying assault from these men and Tibbs. Is no, that I hear it, Sills. I hear it. Yeah. That, 
That appears to be the music of Wrestle Wars, the show of AJ Steele, the man who defeated the War Wizard. What the hell's going on? It looks like Sills, he was able to get his airtime back. And we're about to have an episode of War What Fuck. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wrestle Wars. I'm your host, AJ Steele. And tonight, I'd like to make a grand announcement. After my historic victory over the War Wizard last night at JWF Hangover, old AJ was sitting back, getting ready to relax, enjoy a nice PBR, and I thought to myself, I said, Self, do you really have time to relax? I mean, you've taken out the War Wizard, but there's so much more darkness inside the JWF that requires the cleansing hand of A.J. Steele, the cleansing right hand of America to take them down. There's Hollywood Hulture, Funky Flossy, these dancing men whose gyrating hips are attempting to impregnate your daughters through the television screens. There's, there's David Jenkins, a man who's using his powerful hypnotic honey mustard to turn your children into homosexuals. And most importantly, the VWO, a group that's trying to get your children to dr- smoke a damn menthol jewel outside the movie theater before they sneak into an R-rated feature. These men are menaces. Not to mention their associates, FOMO Son and the Hammer Man, an individual who spends his time hiding behind a mask to hide away his sins. And I knew I wouldn't be able to defeat the darkness alone. I knew I'd need a team. A team that has the same values that I share. A team that's pure red-blooded American with Budweiser in their veins and Kenny Chesney in their heart. Which is why I'd like to announce that I've officially tamed the wild-eyed southern boys and the four of us are about to run roughshod over this entire company because we are hard Americans and we are gonna make the JWF great again well Tibbs let me tell you something back at at the pay-per-view we said that the wild-eyed southern boys, they needed a new ace up their sleeve that Spider Lockhart wasn't doing it anymore. And it looks like they just got one hell of an ace up their sleeve in the form of A.J. Steele. Oh, my God. Sills, I hate just about every single thing about this. One, because he is trying to corrupt the image of what a hard-working American is. Two, he's calling them hard Americans. And three, what did Kenny Chesney ever do to deserve being associated with you? I don't know, Tibbs, but it looks like we have a new terrifying amalgamation of humanity standing right there. A.J. Steele, uh, Sam Adams, Houston Longhorn, and Spider Lockhart, the team known as Hard Americans, and they are looking to dominate. And speaking of a man who has been dominant in our divisions, let's talk about the nightmare, the man known as Ghazi. I mean, we all remember Summerfest, his very first match in this company 
It was Gazi against Scotty Moore, and we have not seen Scotty Moore ever since. He snapped his arm, sent him to a local medical facility, and no one's heard hell or high water of the proverbial hero of the JWF ever since. No, Sills, he's put it, he got put out for who knows how long. We haven't even heard a medical update on what's going on with Scotty Moore. And the Gazi, he tried to do the same thing to the Dylan last night. That's right, but at some point, you got to say, Dylan started to earn a little bit of respect for Gazi, eventually put him down with the Anaconda Vice maneuver, and then, most shockingly enough, saved him from a beatdown from Blake Tanner. We know leading up to this match, Blake Tanner was associating himself with Gazi, claiming himself to be Gazi's higher power, his master, and he, he turned on him after that match, just led a ruthless beatdown until Dylan came to the aid of Gazi. Very true, Sills. It seems like uh, at that point, Blake Tanner, who thought that he was going to be in that match against Dylan, seeing Gazi losing like that completely snapped on his former protege and tried to take him out. That is right. And Gazi is backstage right now after that ruthless beatdown. And I think he has a response to what Blake Tanner did to him back at the pay-per-view. Let's have a listen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Honeypot McDiet double down here with the man who failed to capture the captain's championship against the Dillon last night at JWF Hangover, Gazi. Now, Gazi, the most interesting thing about last night for many people wasn't really the match itself, but what happened after. When your master, Blake Tanner, attempted to attack you and the Dylan came to save you. How do you respond to Blake Tanner's actions? First off, Holy Pop, don't refer to Blake Tanner in that matter. He doesn't deserve to be called anyone's master. He doesn't deserve to be called anyone's higher power. Blake Tanner came to me and tried to get in my head. He tried to tell me he was a higher power. He tried to manipulate me to being his pawn to get the captain's championship. But week after week, I quickly began to realize that he was very much not what he claimed to be. Every little weakness and chink in his armor was shown to me over these last few weeks, and it quickly became apparent that he was nowhere near who or what he thought he was to me. Blake Tanner is just like everyone else. He's a sickness. He is a disease. And Blake Tanner, my real master, is coming. He's coming to the JWF. And he is going to do what I said he would. We are going to wipe this company clean of everything like you and everything like everyone else in here who's nothing more than a little freaking parasite to professional wrestling. Well, Tibbs, there's a lot to unpack there from Gazi. It looks like that Blake Tanner was merely playing along with Gazi's mental state, you could say, claiming himself as a higher power when he wasn't. And Tibbs, I don't know what's scarier, a JWF where Blake Tanner was the higher power or a JWF where we still got no idea who this guy is. In the past, we have seen situations like this before, and it's led to hellfire being rained down onto this company, and I just got no idea what Gazi's talking about. So this has officially gone from something that I was only slightly concerned about to something that I am moderately concerned about in this company. 
And that is saying a lot. However, the idea that this higher power is truly coming, and this might, of course, just be the effect of something in Ghazi's current mental state, but if that higher power is coming, we don't know what to expect. And my back is too broken to do another Trinity Bomb. That is right, Tibbs, but it looks like things are not over between Ghazi and Blake Tanner, and who knows how the hell our captain's champion, the Dylan, fits into all of this. But speaking of championships, why don't we go to the ring right now for a number one contenders match between your son Chuck Tibbs and the leader of the VWO, Griffin Clouds, to determine who's going to be going on to face the JWF champion Guy Fieri in just a few short weeks at Heck in a Sec. All right, Sills, these boys, both of them, my son Chuck Griffin Clouds, both two young men who want to prove their stuff tonight, and they're going for it. It's all going to be laid out in the ring. That's right, and you see Griffin getting into the ring, and oh my God, Chuck rushing across the ring and just clipping Griffin's knee out from underneath him before the damn bell even sounds. You see our referee finally calling for the bell. The match has begun, and Chuck Tibbs looks unhinged, just assaulting that leg of Griffin, and oh, with a massive leg DDT slamming it into the mat. This is this is horrifying. Yeah, Sills, I was worried about this. You see, in the in the family, we like to call this a blood rage. Uh, when something bad happens, well, it kind of go into a fugue state. Chuck's never done it before, but if anything was going to set it off, this is not good. That's right. You see Griffin just grabbing at that knee. May have some torn ligaments in there, but it looks like Griffin standing, wanting to continue that fight, putting all his weight on his other leg, trying his best to get some big punches off. But Tibbs, there's just nothing behind him right now. Without that leg underneath him, Griffin has no power behind those punches. And oh God, what's Chuck doing now? Just sweeps the leg out from underneath him and going to the outside of the ring and Oh my god, he's just wrapping Griffin's legs around the ring post. And oh my god, locking in a figure four with that leg wrapped around the post. So someone's got to stop Chuck Tibbs before he hurts somebody. That's right, Sills. I've probably got to go do something. Hold on. Uh, no. Oh dear. That's right, you see Chuck finally getting in back into the ring, maybe trying to end things. But wait a minute, Griffin, Griffin pops up, quick DDT, levels him, rolls him up for a pin. One, two, kick out, and look at, look at that look on the face of Chuck Tibbs. He looks furious and is just stomping on that knee and locks him in the captain's hook, wrenching on that leg back and forth. He has got him in that hook. And Griffin Clouds being forced to tap very early into the match. But it, it looks like Chuck is not relenting. He is just holding on to that knee. Our referee being forced to try to separate him apart. What the hell is going on? I don't know, Sills. It looks like Chuck is snapped. We're going to have to get somebody on him. I'm going to have to find my own son for this. Damn. That's right, and you can see finally separating is Chuck Tibbs, and he is screaming at our ringside crew, begging for a microphone, and it looks like Chuck Tibbs, who's officially going to be facing Guy Fieri in the main event at Heck in a Sec, has a message for his future opponent. Let's hear what he's got to say. Hey, hey, you see that guy? You see that Fieri? That's exactly what I'm going to do to you at Heck in a Sec. 
I'm gonna break your leg, pull it out of joint, and take back my title. Because let me tell you something, bucko. We all know what happened last night at Hangover. Momoa Curry, in his infinite jealousy, decided to give me the ultimate embarrassment and lay me down and take the pin for Guy Fieri. He fooled all of us and decided that he would be the one to decide when my title reign was over. And he failed! So you know what? I got bad news for you, Momoa. This ain't over yet. And now, <laughs> because of your own hubris, when I win my title back, you'll never be able to challenge for it again. You're never gonna get another shot at it. Which means you can never interfere with my destiny to hold that belt anymore. So guys, Yeti, you better get ready for hell. Because that's what I'm bringing to you in just a few short weeks. T Tibbs, your boy has kind of gone off the deep end. I didn't want to say it, but he has really gone to the darkness at this point. Yeah, Sills, that's the blood rage. I had to do something about fucking shit, goddammit. How's that? How long does that blood rage last? Is that like a this just tonight thing or? So was, I can only tell you that the last time that it happened to me was before World War One started, and then when I woke up, World War One had ended. Okay, so we have got a we got some time to to wait. Is what you're saying? Yeah, we might have some time to wait, Sills. I'm not looking forward to this. All right. Well, maybe maybe that blood rage will be over next week when we hear from the JWF champion, Guy Fieri. He is going to return to this company after his victory at Hangover, and I think he has a lot to respond to. In addition, we are going to get the fifth in the best of seven series between Danny Roanoke and Hollywood Hulcher as they face off in a submission match and let me tell you something I am, I'm afraid it might come to an end right there we know Danny Roanoke knows every submission in the book Hollywood I'm fairly sure I've only seen him utilize that uh, that walls of Hulcher maneuver that is true Sills however Hollywood Hulcher is a specialist in that one maneuver he can utilize that maneuver to great effect while Roanoke does know a lot of different submissions He's not what I'd call an expert in any of them. That's right. And in addition to that, not only are we going to see one returning champion, we are going to see two as the Dylan returns with some news for the entire JWF universe. And let me tell you something. I, the Dylan, you never know what he's going to say when he gets on that microphone. But at the end of it, it you know you just heard something important. That's right, Sills. At this point, he has the keys to the castle. At this point... He is quite possibly the most powerful man that JWF has to offer right now. And honestly, Sills, I'd be scared if he's looking for a dual championship. That is right, Tibbs. But until next time, remember to support the JWF by donating on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash load of BS is the website where you can support the entire JWF and get access to some exclusive goodies.
Absolutely, Sills. Need I remind you, you can get almost anything with this great mug on it. You can get it on a mug, if you'd like, at merch.aloadofpurebs.com, the website where you can get shirts, you can get phone cases, stickers, hell, you can even get you a mask, go out in public, be safe, and let the world know how much you love the JWF. 100% Sills, go support us all. Know that Tibbs loves you and you should love Tibbs. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, he's been Captain Tibbs, I've been Silver Spoon, and this has been JWF Monday Night Ignition. And we will see you next time.